Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And we've been away for a whole month. So we've got some catching up to do. And it's 2021. It's 2021. Thank God. What a rough year that 2020 was. Oh, my God. I was so happy to celebrate the new year. Yeah, I'm still holding my breath. I'm just hoping 2021 doesn't turn out to be even worse, but it doesn't seem like it's possible. I don't know. You know, be careful what you wish for and all of that. Mm -hmm. I'm very tempered in my expectations, but I guess I feel like it couldn't be worse because we're not going to have that out in the White House. Yeah. And all kinds of awful things might go on with him, Mm -hmm. but especially if, and I'm saying this, like I'm knocking on wood, we win the Senate. Oh um, yeah. The Georgia races, which are going to be, it's going to be hard. Yeah. I'm trying not to invest too much emotional currency into the outcome of that election because it's just too painful to consider. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But but I will admit that I am very hopeful. I have all my fingers and toes crossed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We're going to talk about a couple of films that we've seen on Disney Plus and on Netflix. But first, I should just mention that I was completely unprepared for the amount of recovery that my hip surgery would take Mm. and was not expecting us to be out for the entire month, much less even being out for a week. I thought I would be back at it and we would be recording and I'd be editing and Mm -hmm. we'd be- I know, you were gonna be doing cartwheels and everything. I know, I thought, (laughs) but I will say that first two weeks was so rough. And I was on so much pain medication. Mm. I was really, really incapacitated and very, if I didn't say it before, I'll say it again, very humbled by the Mm -hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And my two daughters were here and they absolutely had to take care of me. I was not in any shape to take care of myself. So right. I was grateful to have them here. Yeah, that's good. You had in-home health care. And, you know, it made all the difference. It really did. Oh, I, you said too. Did you? There was also like professional people that came every so often? Yes. I had a physical therapist who came to my home and a nurse who wow. came just to look at my incision. Right. And that was that was great. I have to say, Medicare, it works. Yeah. And I have not seen a single bill for all of what I went through. I had a private room at Cedar sinai wow. Everybody was fantastic. The nursing mm. staff there was really stellar. And I couldn't have asked for more. The, the surgery, everything went so well. My surgery was on a Friday. I was told by my surgeon's assistant that probably all of the elective surgeries starting on Monday would be canceled. And they were oh, wow. because of COVID, because it's, oh. the spike started right oh, there. So you got in just just under the wire wow so lucky lucky. i was so lucky because the girls had flown out i mean they would have been here for a month with no purpose really well yes and just having it over is nice it is it's now behind me i celebrated the end of the roughest part of my surgery and the end of 2020 at the same time oh yeah a painful year on many it was we were so anxious to see the end of of this year that we celebrated on new york time we actually were watching anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen and oh, we yeah. as soon as the ball dropped in New York we were celebrating the new year oh that's great yeah. did oh. you celebrate the new year I did didn't you? do much I went to one of my meetings that I like to go to and that was fun I you know I saw friends and people I, I care about but otherwise I was just here 
on YouTube. I watched some of the fireworks in all the different cities around the world. And Oh, nice. Yeah. Sydney, by the way, had the best. I'll remember um, that. But otherwise, I didn't do much to mark the year, but I, I enjoyed it. It was quiet. And I think one thing I love about lockdown is you don't feel obligated to have a social life the way you do when there's not a lockdown. It's so and true. So I had permission to just be here and have a fairly introverted, but not at all depressing. Actually, I, I felt very hopeful about the new year. And Me I, too. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I hope that I'm able, if I want to, I want to have the option of going to a big, crazy, wild party. But it's nice for me anyway. I'm just, I'm really such an introvert by nature that it just felt great to be here with my Christmas tree. But, you know, until I mature enough to be able to develop a fondness for an actual human being, I'm very <laughs> fond of my Christmas tree. And that's enough for me for today. That is enough. Maybe someday you'll baby have steps. a fun baby steps. You'll have a fondness for a real tree, and then maybe, you'll go. Oh, yeah, maybe that's the next step on the uh, progression. And then you'll be a real boy. <laughs> oh. So twenty twenty goodbye. I remember that you said twenty twenty is going to be the year of clear vision, mm. and. and in some ways, it was because mm -hmm. we we voted out someone who was, um, mm. was undeserving of the office, mm -hmm. and I think that we actually, because of COVID, we had this kind of racial reckoning, and COVID allowed us the time and the liberty to express that. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful that we had that. Not that so many people have died or that we had this horrible pandemic, but that we've actually reckoned with something that was due for a long, long, yeah. long You know, I've been hearing people say that oh, with the elections, the reason Democrats did not as well as we'd hoped in down ticket races was because of the defund the police message that was going around, soured people. And I've decided to question that. I don't know if that's true. Because if, if it were true, I think Trump would have won. So I was feeling guilty, like, oh, we shouldn't have indulged with the defund the police idea for so long. It hurt us. But I'm not sure that it did hurt us. I think the same result would have, might have happened either way. Do you know that theory about the Bradley effect? When Mayor Tom Bradley was running for governor, a lot of people, when they were polled, said that they would vote for him, and yet he lost. Right. And the theory was that people didn't want to say that they weren't voting for the black. Right. But that turned out not to be true. And I think that yeah. defund the police is another one of those that people jumped on directly yeah. after the election and may have absolutely no basis in fact. I think so. And plus, I think as progressives or Democrats, one of our character defects as a collective is that we're too quick to blame ourselves when a result doesn't go the right way. Oh, we're you know? into self-flagellation like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah, we yeah. gotta we gotta maybe consider letting go of that a little bit. Yeah, well, I think we're gonna get tougher. We're I gonna hope be, so. I think that's in, in the stars for us. So I did wanna mention that I don't consider myself having been cavalier about COVID, not at all. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. very, very conscientious about washing my hands and distancing and wearing a mask and trying to stay away from places that might be problematic. Right. But I've gotta say, I'm, I'm a little freaked out that LA is now ground zero for this particular virus and yeah. it's scary. It's yeah, scary. I, every day, well, every day or every, so every few days, I take the numbers of the uh, new cases oh, and our yeah. new cases and I put them in this spreadsheet and then I, I have a graph attached to that. Oh. And 
it's really dramatic to see how, you know, in late summer, our rate of increase, the, the slant on the graph was getting flatter and flatter. And then these last couple of months, yeah. it's just going almost straight up like a rocket. Yeah. That's know? exactly what happened with the Spanish flu. It was very prominent in the spring. It faded right. out in the summer and then came back with a vengeance in the fall and winter. Right. And that's what's happening to us. It's happening all around the world too, though, right? It, or yes, in, it in is. In lots of places. It is, but we seem to have the biggest spike. And yeah. we have the least capacity now. Right. In fact, Cedar sinai was one of the first places that was out of beds. So it's very troubling. It's troubling because I just don't know what the end might be with this new rapid version of it, this very oh, contagious right. version of it. Does that worry you? It's funny. I get out so rarely that as far as concern for my own welfare, I don't feel much different than okay. I did before the spike started. It's just depressing. And it's we were doing a good job in California. And we were. I don't and know. If we weren't. Right. And maybe that's because of, I guess Thanksgiving is when everything started to fall apart, right? I think it happened before Thanksgiving. I, I think it really, the start of it was, Labor didn't, Day, we go, maybe. didn't we go into a more, I, I should say, a less rigid? Yes, we did. We opened um, up some kinds of stores and things. and I think that's probably what did it. I mean, right. among other things. Yeah, it's severe. Shall we talk about your viewing experience? My movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine said I should watch Soul on Disney Plus, and that was a great incentive. I trust my friend's taste in movies, but I tell myself I don't like animation, that it's hard for me to hook in when it's animation. That but we I went did, to I, see Coco. Remember when we went to I see know, Coco? I know, I know. And I said and the same thing. It. This is what always happens. <laughs> I have cognitive dissonance. I think I'm a guy <laughs> who doesn't like animation, but I love animation. Yeah. So I thought, well, it's animated, so I may I may not hook into it too much, but I'll watch. Well, first of all, Pixar has done something with animation where it's pretty damn close to real people. I mean, these really look like real people until you check out their faces and you okay. see that they're more drawn than human and three-dimensional, but they're so close to being human that you might as well just forget about any concerns you have about, about animation. Wow. There's a lot of special effects and things that happen that obviously could only happen through animation. So that was the first thing was it didn't feel like an animated movie. These felt like real people. One thing that's great about it, it's a feel-good movie about feelings and about dreams and about finding your purpose in life. And, huh. and even raising the question, are you supposed to have a purpose in life? Is that a pressure that's being put on you by the outside? So there were a lot of carryovers from inside out in the sense that it, it made you be more tolerant of yourself for being human. And I love movies like that. The characters were all interesting and good. And it's a feel-good movie about a, a guy who's a high school band teacher, but he really wanted to be a jazz musician, but he didn't have the courage or whatever it took to sort of pursue his dream. And he's always felt a little bad, like he didn't really achieve what he really felt was his purpose. But what's really cool too, is that for the most part, the characters are all black. And yeah. it was just refreshing to see a movie that wasn't about being black. They could easily have done the same movie with white characters. 
Huh. In other words, you could say, well, it lent itself to having black characters because it was about jazz, but there's plenty of white jazz musicians. As we it's know it. from La La Land. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I liked it just on a cultural level that this may sound strange, but it was nice to see an animated movie where the characters were black and they didn't have to be. And yeah. it, it gave a depth and it gave a kind of a warmth to it. Because it just felt like more inclusive and it felt like we'd moved forward culturally. Yeah. I felt that way about Coco, actually. Mm-hmm. I was a little more aware of the cultural work that was being done right. in Coco because it was a different language. I mean, people spoke in That's combination. Right. And it was about Day of the Dead. A, it was a window into a different culture. Right. A culture that I'm familiar with but don't really invest in. I think that they are very forward thinking in that way. Mm-hmm. The basic plot is that there's this one guy, Joe, he's the main character, and it's not a, um, well, no, I shouldn't say too much, but he's the main character, and then there's another character named 22, who comes from a different world, more or less, and she's played by Tina Fey, and there's a whole storyline about their identities get swapped, and one becomes the other, and uh, I can't say too much about it, I can't say too much about it without maybe without doing spoilers, but I can tell you it's heartwarming in a really good way, not in a cloying, syrupy yeah. way at all. Yeah, yeah. In a really oh, sweet way. And every time it almost gets too sentimental, it finds a way to get real and not oh, that's great. lapse into just pure sentimentality. Oh, Characters are it. so lovable, all of them. I know that there is an otherworldly aspect to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is that populated by various people or is that really populated by... You know, um, it kind of like Coco, it, they go into the great beyond. Uh-huh. So they go into the hereafter, but they also go into the here before. It has to do with souls. <laughs> and that's the name of the movie, right? Okay. Soul. Yeah, I don't think that's a spoiler to say that it deals with the progression of a human soul going before the soul appears on earth and after the soul departs from earth. And also while the soul is here on earth. It sounds spiritual. It's kind of spiritual and profound, but again, it never becomes too spiritual or too profound or, or too heartwarming. It stays in a nice zone. It's original and simple and sweet. In a, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. See, now, this is why I keep saying that the Toy Story movies are made well, for you. now that I have access to Disney+, Plus, I actually started watching <laughs> Toy Story because you've been encouraging oh, me you did. for so long. And I, I was tired and I started dozing. So I, I put it off till later, but it's definitely at the top of my list. And oh, I, I already liked the part that I saw so far. Oh, good. It's funny. The first one is about, <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous. It's about what it means to be a toy and mm-hmm. what it means to be loved uh-huh. and what it means when maybe that love doesn't arc into infinity. But the subsequent ones are even deeper. Okay. And the third one is actually about Life and death, wow. which putting that on a toy is really quite incredible. Well, there's some of that in Soul also. In fact, okay. quite a bit of it. And I think maybe uh, that's what the producer director's doing is he's introducing to children, he's demystifying a little bit the whole experience of being a human being, including fear of death, which is part uh, of being human, you know? It and, sounds really um, wonderful. Yeah, it's really cool. It will be next on my list. I, I really recommend that. it. It's really, okay. really good. Shall we talk about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I watched it even though I was medicated. 
So oh. I really appreciated it. There was something about it that felt very important and very relevant. And yeah. I don't want to say too much because mm -hmm. I don't think it's very plot driven. I mean, I don't think that there was much of a spoiler sequence involved, but I felt that Viola Davis's performance was incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. That she carried the weight of this. Well, we should set it up first. It's a recording session right. for a Southern blues singer. Right. Now, who did they keep comparing her to? There was another recording artist that we know more about, and Ma Rainey was a real person. But right. Maybe we'll think of it. But, yeah. but she was in that range of people who was certainly a cult performer for many, many people, mm -hmm. white and black. Bessie Smith, maybe? Oh, maybe Bessie Smith. Maybe yeah. that's who it was. And the setup is... This is an August Wilson play. August Wilson was biracial, did not know that mm -hmm. until we were searching the history of the play. Right. We learned that he did 10 plays. This is the only one that didn't take place in Pittsburgh. The rest of them take place in Pittsburgh. This one took place in Chicago. Right. And this one was based on an actual person, but it's still part of this 10 play cycle that he did okay. all about African-American life. And I don't know where this fell in that canon. Mm -hmm. In the series. First, yeah, or last or in the middle or, right. or whatever. But it is about a session and the musicians are in a separate room. Ma Rainey right. is in with the producers. We meet the musicians first. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say too much about it without giving you a chance to jump in. But what were well, your impressions? The, I, I loved it. The first thing I loved about it, I haven't seen many August Wilson plays and I loved how it was really a play. I thought it was a really successful transfer of a theatrical piece onto film or onto the TV screen anyway. Yes. They didn't try to make it not a play. It was all about dialogue and interchange of characters and not yeah. about action or like you said, so much about plot. It was really a deep dive into this one event that opened up windows on a lot of deep social, historical, meaty stuff about our, our history and our culture. So that's the first thing I loved most about it is that it really was about the language. To me, it was about the language, the, the way the characters spoke and yes. the things they said were so great. It was a play in that it was about the dialogue and you right. could not you could not adapt that away. What that play was about was yeah. the language. And they didn't try to overfilm it, like make it, put in a bunch of flashbacks or it didn't open it outside up. scenes. Or they kept it limited in terms of space and time and location. In some cases, that may not work. But for this play and the way they did it, it was really just great. Well, part of it was it was a claustrophobic experience for yeah. all involved. And they really got that across. In fact, very few shots that you get of Chicago mm -hmm. are the musicians arriving. Right. And immediately you know they are out of place even though there was the great migration right very well-dressed black individuals are not in the right place right for what they're about to do and right. even the one shot where she pays someone to go get a coke oh yeah you see that it's like Pulowski's or it's there's a polish name oh the, right the little five and dime that she sends him to right and even watching them cross this very white street to get to that yeah. very white yeah. five and dime it made my heart mm -hmm. beat a little bit 
too fast. Yeah. Because I was yeah, worried yeah. about them. I didn't know if they were going to run into trouble just yeah. because they had recently gone to get a Coke. Oh, man. Yeah, it was great. And, I, and what I also thought was beautiful was how each of the musicians had made their own accommodation yes. of the racism that yes. they lived with. And, and they'd all adapted in different ways. But with each of them, you saw that they did have to make compromises. And it's almost like Ma Rainey felt like she carried the rage of the centuries. She just seemed to represent and embody this deep, dark, beautiful rage that is usually subconscious or unconscious, I think, in our, in our and country. And ca cannot be expressed to a white man. Right. I mean, the fact that she was able to be so towering in the yeah. face of right. this racism but even you know when you're being abused on a cultural racial level or maybe even one-on-one -on -one, one of the defenses is to convince yourself that it's not that bad and that you're not being injured and that gets you through Sure. And I think for some of the characters, like there's a character there named Toledo, he was the oldest musician. And you could see he'd made- He'd been through the most. He'd been through the most and he almost had let go or sublimated the most anger. Yeah. There's the such least, great the least plot one. stuff that happens regarding him that we yes. can't go into. But the I one who least expected justice or a fair shake from- Yeah. And what it also showed, I thought the whole play as a whole showed that- when you are in a group that is treated that way, that one of the unfortunate things that happens is the anger gets self-directed, gets directed within the community instead of outward. Yes. It's sad to see it, but the way the play showed it was so revelatory. And her, what you said so well, her generational rage. The rage of the centuries. Was they were afraid of her. They weren't above manipulating her, but they were afraid of her. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that right. Was, that that's was right. a beautiful thing to see. Because to a, to a large extent, I hadn't thought about it. They had created her, you yeah. can say, yeah. on a cultural yeah. level. And she was a lesbian. I mean, oh, that too. She was a lesbian. And I don't know if it's fact or fiction that she had any kind of a recording session like the one that's portrayed there. Right. But she certainly had some recording sessions and was apparently like the person that we song mm -hmm, portrayed mm -hmm. by Viola Davis. She did an amazing job. Every actor I thought was really superb in it. But she, and Chadwick Boseman was on his, oh, probably, uh, it was his last performance. Wow. He was probably not long for this world when he made right. that film. And it was devastating to watch it. Yeah, no, it yeah. was just excellent. I was going to say better than I expected. I didn't know what to expect, but it, it surpassed whatever expectations I did have. The girls didn't really get into it. It was too stagey for them. Oh, yeah, it, it, it is stagey. It didn't work for them. It right. is very stagey. I could see that. And, and very dialogue heavy. And yep. there were elements of it that just didn't work for them. But it, mm -hmm. I mean, it was such an important work mm -hmm. to have out there that mm -hmm. I was just, I was literally grateful to Netflix. Yeah. They had yeah. made it and had given You're... me a, a chance to see that performance, those performances. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I think we've come to the end of our end of the road discussions. Yes. Okay. This was fun. I'm, yeah, I'm glad definitely. we got a chance to do it again. Jeez, it's definitely. really been a long time. I know, I know. Well, boomers, that's gonna time be to it say for goodbye. Us this week. It yeah. is. It's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new boomer. Oh god, I hope it goes better. <laughs> we have to make sure that it does. Yeah. It's up there you to go. us this time. It's up there to you us. go. Okay. Okay. Well, bye, boomers. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, boomers. Stay safe. See ya.